Hello. Hi, welcome in. Well, go ahead. Welcome to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, <laughs> 2024 edition. <laughs> Producer Zach out here doing work. I'm moving remote. Uh, thanks for hanging out. You can find me on Twitter at racing. Uh, racing. We're going to start over. Hi, I'm Louie Rabot. You can find me at Radio Louie. And you can find the show horse, <laughs> at Horse Happy Hour on Twitter if you haven't found us there yet. Uh, if you're watching us on Twitter, thanks for joining in. Uh, I'm here to talk to you about my Eclipse votes tonight. And I'm also here uh, to look at uh, what I'm calling three derby preps, even though uh, only one of them actually has derby points uh, attached to it. I will explain my uh, thought process as to why I actually think that there are three derby preps. On Saturday, Zach, how are you? How was the new year? How was the trip back to Austin from Maryland? It was it was interesting. So we <laughs> we did the thing that you can do in an RV, which is why I love the RV. We were like, you know what? We're done with this Maryland thing. We're going to turn around and go home. And we're just going to truck it, right? No big deal. So about midway through day one of two days of trucking it, yeah. Uh, my wife accidentally butt dials my mother who's staying at our house. Sure. And they talk for a second and my mother's like, Oh, you all are on the road. Are you headed to Hershey park, which is a <laughs> theme park. We're like, no, we're headed home. And she's like, Oh, well I have friends staying here till Thursday. <laughs> so this is Sunday. <laughs> so I, we had the it's choice fantastic. of either telling her to leave like nope sorry we're gonna be home your friends have to go or finding other things to do so we visited uh biltmore which is the vanderbilt mansion uh out there yeah, in north yeah. carolina and Isn't then there? we did uh the hot springs experience in hot springs arkansas so we went to all the uh the bathhouses there to check out the history and we hiked across the mountain um where the hot what springs you your are family do in bathhouses is your family's business okay thank you very much. i'm not uh I'm, this is a family show uh please keep the bathhouse talk to yourself all right um yeah, we had a good christmas over here too um and again well christmas i've done what three shows since christmas or whatever but yes yeah, uh, we, we had a good new year so how's that uh, thanks to all of our guests most recently, uh, John Piasek, of course, the Maryland Thoroughbred Breeders, uh, Dan Illman from the DRF, and uh, Steve Kornacki from NBC all jumping on and doing shows with us. Uh, between Christmas yep. and New Year's, during the busiest part of the year, as we got our Road to the Preakness series going again this year. And, of course, we had Kornacki on to talk about his Eclipse ballot. He and I have done exactly the same number uh, as in we've turned in two. And so let's talk about that. <laughs> this, um, you know, Lots of people right now, this time of year, they do the thing. Where they put their Eclipse votes out on Twitter and let you kind of comment on it and all those sorts of things. And it's been interesting because uh, I know last year when I did mine, uh, I had a couple of opinions that were pretty different from uh, from most people. I think this year we have a big question, Zach, in, you know, the Cody's Wish story was really <laughs> incredible. And it was really um, it moved a lot of people. Uh, there's no other way to say it, it moved a lot of people. Uh, and I'm leaving all my own personal feelings and all that out of it. I'm wondering how many people are going to vote for that horse based on sentimentality rather than based on what he actually did on the dirt at the different tracks where he was. We will find out on Saturday if he's a finalist, for example, for horse of the year. Uh, my sense is that he isn't at the top of my horse of the year ballot uh, for yep. all the track reasons, but I think for horse racing, uh, almost certainly he would be uh, on the top of that list, but let's go straight to the categories that I know everyone pays attention to the most. We'll go to three-year-old male here in another year where 
Uh, there wasn't an obvious because of the triple crown sort of horse, right? There wasn't one that won two of the races or, yep. you know, won a bunch of preps and then came in and dominated the Derby or anything like that. Of course, we had three different winners of the triple crown ra races, but we did have one back-to-back -back winner in two of the major dirt races going two turns in this country. That was Archangelo. He wins the Belmont. Yes. Then he comes back and he wins the Traverse. So he got my vote uh, for first place uh, in the three-year-old division. I don't think that's surprising to anybody, but that's where I ended up going. Uh, there, I did get Forte the, the nod for second spot. Um, I know that uh, lots of people just remember him not running in the Derby and therefore being disqualified from running in the Preakness, running in uh, the Belmont in second place. But I think people forget he ran in the Jim Danny, won that in the slop. He was the Florida Derby winner, if people remember that. Of course, before that, the grade two fountain of youth as well. One, two grade ones uh, was up the track a little bit in the Traverse behind Archangelo. So when they went head to head and uh, yep. in the – the, the biggest race of Saratoga season, uh, he wasn't good enough. And so I put him second. And then in the third spot, I had a ghost Rodin. Uh, Rodin and I just, it, it, this was more just, I didn't love any of the other horses in that three-year-old group. And I think yep. best race run on American soil by a three-year-old this year was a ghost Rodin in the Breeders' Cup. won the Breeders' Cup turf uh, as a three-year-old in that yep. incredibly important Irish breeding line that we talked about with James Welsh. Uh, leading into the Breeders' Cup. And so I put him there because I thought uh, he was a, a worthy spot, uh, a worthy, you know, it was worthy at least of a vote, even if it was just for one race uh, in North America. That's where I think I'll be especially different than other people on the three-year-old ballot. I think otherwise nothing that I've uh, said just now stands out as a crazy uh, sort of uh, vote. Let's go to three-year-old Philly. And on this one, I thought there were a couple of different ways to go. Um, uh, I, I Unfortunately, I think a horse that could have Pressed for three-year-old Philly was Maple Leaf Mel. And of course, unfortunately. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so we didn't get to see her all the way into the fall. I wonder if she would have been a contender today when we got to the Nurse at the Breeders' Cup, uh, if she would have been part of that conversation. But unfortunately, uh, she was not. And um, and frankly, she wasn't even in our materials because uh, she's not a grade one uh, winner technically uh, in the United States. And so I, I think pretty mischievous sort of by default all of her early season successes obviously um, comes out of the fairgrounds in that fairgrounds Oaks runs second. They give her the time off and she ends up running and winning the Kentucky Oaks, the acorn and the test all in a row. And um, obviously that test uh, was, uh, was, was marred by the Maple Leaf Mel uh, injury, but she did come back in a, in the sloppiest cotillion in history and run second in that one uh, the ceiling crusher. But I think just before that, the fact that she won all those great ones, uh, especially against other three old Phillies for me uh, was good enough in that three race run uh, that three race, three race stretch, if you will, uh, to jump into that. I had surge capacity in the second spot here uh, amongst three-year-old Phillies uh, ran obviously in the matriarch um, at, uh, at Del Mar winning by a head against older horses. And I love that. So she wins the grade one against older horses out West in a full field of 12 at Del Mar uh, in December before that, of course, winning, in several graded stakes at lower levels. But I love that search capacity stepped up, beat the Phillies and mares of older uh, ranks in uh, that race out West. Uh, Chad Brown shipping her out to San Diego for that one. So love uh, that effort from her. And then my third spot there, I gave it to Maj. And I think Maj actually kind of had a weird underrated year and was about a neck from having one of the great three-year-old seasons and really, I think, maybe being three-year-old of the year had she been able to pull out the Breeders' Cup mile against not only older horses, but against the boys, too. She had a huge race under Oyster Murphy. Really wonder if she had won that race, what we'd be talking about with her. But she got my third-place vote amongst the three-year-old Philly candidates. I don't think anything there is very 
<laughs> especially different or uh, or what have you. This is where I think I'm different. Uh, older dirt male. And this is where um, I think just overall body of work the entire year that for me, elite power was the best older dirt male. Now, I know that in general eclipse voting, there's a major lean toward people voting for two-turn dirt horses in this case. I thought elite power was the best sprinter uh, the entire year. His one slip up was in the forego. It was behind Gunite, who I all think, all of us think, was a terrific sprinter. Elite power came back, beat him in the Breeders' Cup sprint with no effort at all. So I put him on top. I do have Cody's wish in the second spot uh, on this category. Uh, another guy that was not much of a two-turn horse, but I do think his uh, races stand out as well. Uh, four 100 speed, uh, 400 buyer speed figures, and of course, uh, his only loss was in the Whitney trying to go two turns uh, behind White Barrio, who I have third. Um, and that's because White Barrio ran two good races. Did he? Did he win two really, really important races in the Whitney and in the Breeders' Cup Classic? He did. He absolutely did. But um, I, I don't know. The whole body worked for the entire year. I'm less moved by White Barrio than other people, which is funny because I was the one who had White Barrio season as a hashtag on this show. And so for me to have him in third, I think is probably a little surprising to some people who follow this show. Uh, but for me, just uh, just overall, uh, you know, he runs in the Met. He's behind Cody's Wish. So there, to me, puts him one spot behind Cody's Wish in the one matchup that they had. They did stretch him back out in the Dutro barn there. And I think uh, did right by the horse toward the end of the year. And he'll get my third place vote there for older dirt male. And then we get on to a horse that I think has absolute ability to win horse of the year. And her name is Idiomatic. So Idiomatic uh, got my first place vote for older dirt female, even though this year she won on all three surfaces, which is pretty incredible. Um, actually, I think this year, do, 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 do. no, this year, excuse me, it was just uh, at Turfway on the synthetic. And then, of course, she flipped over to the dirt. And after she did, uh, all she did was win uh, the Shawnee, uh, the Delta, uh, the, the Delaware handicap, excuse me. Then she ran in the personal lens and the spinster, of course, finished it off by edging out uh, and winning the British Cup distaff over Randomized, who I thought had a really nice year. Uh, as well. And so, yeah, give me idiomatic on top for older dirt female. I also love that she ran a huge number of races this year, nine times, won eight of them, uh, one second place. Like I said, switching surfaces there. Very impressive to me. I thought that she was uh, easily the best older dirt female uh, this year. I did have good night olive in the second spot. Uh, apparently I love sprinters. I had no idea until I did this balloting. Won that British Cup Philly Mare sprint, another one of those back to backers. Uh, for that. So I gave her the second uh, spot here. thought she had a really nice year for trainer Chad Brown, who we'll talk about later when we get to trainers. And um, I put her in that spot for older dirt female. And second, I have Echo Zulu third, a very incomplete grade for her this year. I think had she run in the Breeders' Cup, she probably would have won. And I think we'd be talking about Echo Zulu um, on the same level as an idiomatic. I think I would probably still lean idiomatic, even if she had run a little bit more in the fall, that is Echo Zulu because of the body of work, because of having run nine times, getting those eight wins. But Echo Zulu just ran in the very best company uh, the whole time, Churchill Downs and then at Saratoga, wins at Dry Go, wins over Wet Go, et cetera. To me, a really, really good season. Gets my third place vote uh, there as well. We'll move to the male sprinter, and then we'll get to horse of the year. I guess we'll do two-year-olds uh, after that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the sprints. Look at that. I'm pulling an audible here, uh, Zach. I'm going to get into the two-year-olds, and I thought this was an interesting year. This is where I think I got it pretty wrong last year, and so I wanted to make sure that I spent time uh, making sure that I did this the right way. On the male side, I, I did the cop-out, and that was I put fierceness in the first spot. He wins the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, and frankly, the way that he won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile 
is why I voted for him in the top spot uh, as two-year-old male uh, in this case. I have locked in second place here, obviously locked is uh, the uh, Todd Pletcher trainee. Uh, ran third in that Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but did run the Breeders' Futurity uh, at Keeneland before. And then before that, of course, broke his maiden at Saratoga. Just a really good year running third uh, in the Breeders' Cup class, uh, Juvenile. Excuse me. Puts him into very, very good company uh, as well. And after locked, I had Muth, uh, who's actually running. We'll talk about him uh, for a run on Saturday. Ran uh, second in that Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, won the American Pharaoh before that at Del Mar. And the best pal um, he ran second in before that. Uh, out there on the West Coast. I do think that second place finish puts him in a good spot. I think that this Saturday he has a chance to really show that he's the best horse in Southern California that's just turned three. And I think it's, there's a real possibility that he'll do that on Saturday. Now, here's where I think I, there is a chance on the two-year-old side that I am a little bit different. Because I have a grass horse on top for a two-year-old filly. And her name is hard to justify. Uh, she was three for three this year, broke her maiden in Saratoga, then went down to Aqueduct, won the Miss Grillo. And then shipped out west and won the Breeders Cup Juvenile Philly uh, Turf. Uh, all those under Flavian Pratt, all those for trainer Chad Brown. I just thought she had a really, really terrific year. Uh, and I think we have this uh, bias against her forces for some reason. But I love the fact that she ran three times, won all three of those races. Um, I, I think that she's absolutely one to watch as she as she grows. And being in the Chad Brown barn and being uh, able to uh, mature with him, I think, will only be a major Positive. I do have just FYI in the second spot. Uh, she obviously won the British Cup Juvenile Phillies race uh, on the girl side by a neck uh, over uh, Jody's Pride. There's another horse that's actually listed in here as well. Winner of the Matron. And after that, I had Life Talk uh, in the third spot. Another Pletcher trainee. Uh, Bill Mott trains just FYI. We'll talk about Bill Mott later on today uh, as well in this episode. But uh, yeah, just a, an underrated year, by the way, for Life Talk. Uh, won uh, twice hit the board in every race except for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, uh, and she ran fourth in that race by three and a half legs. Came back, ran in the demos up after that, shipped back to New York and won that race. Love that they shipped her back. Love that she was ready to go. And so I'll put just FYI in the third spot there uh, amongst the two-year-olds. Now, horse of the year before we get to the humans. Uh, I did put Idiomatic on top, and I, um, I I think that the nine runs, the eight wins, uh, I put White Barrio second in a horse that we didn't talk about um, but I had as my male turf horse of the year was up to the mark. And I think up to the mark was a, <laughs> was a neck from beating Auguste Rodin in the Breeders' Cup and from having probably horse of the year type year uh, for up to the mark. And so I have him third. If you wanted to talk to me about moving up the mark, up to the mark, further up in the standings, man, I'm here for it. I, I absolutely think he had a fantastic year. And I think any of those three could be horse of the year, and I wouldn't even blink an eye. Um, I do wonder though, like I said, I don't have Cody's wish in my top three. I do wonder how many people who vote on this will go the sentimental route rather than the on the track route and vote for Cody's wish. Uh, we should 75%. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I'm I, betting. I'm betting the vast majority of people do that because at the end of the day, I get it. I do. I get it. People want to be on the side of history and yeah. Cody's wish is an awesome story. Sure. And you can say, I voted for Cody's wish. Uh. (laughs) It's, you know, it's not this, but I'm going to make a comparison. It's almost like a a lifetime achievement award, right? Where Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You you give the MVP to somebody who might not have been the MVP that year. Yep. You know, they've had a pretty good career, that kind of thing. And that's what Cody's wish. Uh, We get here. Let's get to the people side of this thing. 
Uh, I did vote for Noah and the Ark for steeplechase horse in case anybody I was wondering. I do vote on the steeplechases. I do go back and watch those races and try to get an idea of who my favorites are. Uh, let's get to the owners. I have Godolphin on top. I gave a, a shout to Bruco Chicken Dons uh, as my second owner here. And if you're wondering who Bruno is, Bruno had uh, – I have him because he has the most wins in North America. He also had the most starters with over 1,100 and his horses won 173 races this year. So I just thought it was cool that there's a guy who's out there and just owns a bunch of horses, is running them all over. I looked him up on Equibase to get more of a sense of what his operation looks like. That guy's everywhere. <laughs> and so shout out to Bruno. Uh, great year for them. Uh, gave him the second spot. Went with Judmont in the third uh, spot there on the uh, ownership side. Uh, Judmont had a really, really good year for earnings, and I thought a really good record in graded stakes um, as well. On the greater side, I did go with Godolphin on top, Calumet second, and Stone Street uh, in third. I expect Godolphin to sweep those two categories. I think that's a place where I'll be very uh, very similar uh, to my fellow Eclipse voters uh, in that way. Uh, Jockey was tough this year because I – so here I, I thought about a lot of different options. And, you know, I, I think it's natural to go to IRAD with his numbers, just his pure numbers. And, and I do have him on top uh, in the first spot. And then I think after that is where you can get a little bit more creative as far as who you think had the best year. I happen to think who had the best year as far as quality, not just quantity plus quality, was Flavian Pratt. So I have him second. Excuse me, I have him third, actually, believe it or not. And I think just for quality, uh, his graded stakes wins, et cetera, uh, it's tinged a little bit by running in smaller fields in California and some of those horses. But with as much time as he's spending away from California in major parts of the year, I, I think that he's having uh, just an incredible time. And the fact that the guy runs just as well in L.A. as he does in New York, uh, is pretty remarkable, and I think he's uh, deserving of that. But I put Javier Castellano in the second spot, uh, riding Mage and then riding Archangelo. That's a guy who had a great year, um, yep. won yet another Traverse, etc. So I think just for what Javier Castellano accomplished with the three-year-olds, very impressive. I put him in the second spot. Like I said, Flavio Pratt, just a great year. Um, you know, that leaves off great years for guys like Junior Alvarado, Florent Giroux has just had a terrific year. Tyler Geffelion had another unbelievable year, um, at least mostly yep. on the Kentucky circuit, and just a great year. Uh, Juan Hernandez out, out west just become a, an absolute stunner of a great jockey at both Santa Anita and at Del Mar, and just one that you know isn't on my ballot, but I love Luis Saez is another one of these guys. Came back from the injury really well. Not easy to do, so that was an impressive thing that we had this year. Uh, John Velasquez, I left off. I mean, just a really – right now, the, the top of the sport, 10, 12, 15 jockeys, just really, really good. There's a great jockey, essentially, on every major circuit, which is really fun. And, and so that uh, was a little bit more difficult. I have Axel Concepcion as my apprentice jockey. And now to train. And this one um, was a little bit different because I – you know, it, it would be easy to go by numbers. And if you went by earnings, for example, you would just put Brad Cox on top. I put Brad in second place. And I think he had an incredible year. Um, again, uh, just a, a terrific uh, set of races and, and, and you know, uh, graded spots. 902 starters uh, coming into when they sent us this. I, you know, I mean, probably 930 by the end of the year, different tracks, different surfaces, different circuits, et cetera. And the guy's just wildly consistent, man. I mean, just really is. And I, I put him in second. I thought Bill Mott had a really great year, too. Uh, just a really, really great year and especially good yep. uh, Breeders' Cup. And so I put him in third. Uh, I thought that Bill Mott was definitely worth uh, having on my ballot, and so I left him on there. 
uh, as well. Uh, but I have it first place with Chad Brown. And um, it, it's mostly because if you look at the total number of starters he actually had, which is right at uh, right at just below 900, is essentially where he ended up. His graded stakes, he had 12 grade one wins this year. He had just as many as Brad Cox. Um, total overall graded stakes, he had the most. And that's with fewer starters. So that's nine more graded stakes than the next than the next uh, trainer. And if we're talking about the top of the sport, who's the very best, give me Chad Brown, the guy who won the most stakes this year. Uh, and it's it's worth remembering, too, his stakes percentage is incredibly high. And often he has multiple runners in the same race. So he's yep. his, he's hurting his own percentage by running in a lot of the stakes races that he's in. So there you go. There's my uh, there's my different votes for Eclipse Awards. Didn't want to spend too much time on that, Zach, but about 15 Listen, minutes. Listen, you, you know, the one thing, and I know I haven't talked to let you do your Eclipse Award thing. The one thing I can say about Chad Brown is the man can pick races. No, that's right. He He's knows how to place his horses does, in the right. right spot. Yep. And he also too, and, and I don't, it's not a, by the way, I'm not saying like, Oh, he has a rabbit out there. The horse. No, of, right. he's, he's great at placing horses who have different running styles in the same. Race, yep. Right. So yep. He, like in Italian stands out, she's in the, you know, she's going to go to the front in her races and then he'll have, you know, a white beam or something like that. I'm just naming two horses that is chasing her. And if it, in Italian gets there first, great. If white beam catches her, great. You know, he doesn't, you know, it's not, not gonna lose sleep. Uh, but yeah, he's as good at that as anybody that I can think of. Um, and I really, I mean, especially on the East Coast, him and Pletcher. I mean, they just, and Bill yep. Montes, man, Bill Mott's just been unbelievable. The guy's just awesome. So I, I feel good about my top three. I don't think I'll be right. Um, I think there's a good chance. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, friend, been on this show. So it's not, uh, it's not that. But I think Jana Antonucci is going to get a ton of votes because she's the first female trainer to win a triple crown race. Um, I then, certainly hope so. Like mark yeah. that in history, you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but I just uh, body work wasn't wasn't eclipse worthy to me. But I understand the moment. Yep. I hope um, you know, like the NTRA has the the moment of the year or what have you. I hope exactly. that people will look at her. Go back and watch her. Watch the Belmont. <laughs> it's as good of it's as good as a, a video as we've had um, in horse racing in a long while. So yep. There are my. Uh, my clips votes for 2023. Uh, please don't take them away, uh, National Turf Riders. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it. Three different spots. We're going to New York, Kentucky, and California this weekend yep. to look at races uh, for three-year-olds. Let's start with the one that actually has attached derby points. And then I'll make a case that both the San Vicente grade two out at Santa Anita and the, uh, the preview at uh, Turfway Park are both actually derby preps as well. Um, and you may be thinking, well, Louie, they don't have any points attached to them. And when I told uh, a friend of the show, John Sherba, that I would be talking about the San Vicente as a derby prep, uh, he kind of he scoffed at it text-wise, as much as you can scoff at a text. Uh, he scoffed at it, and I decided I'll, I'll make my case later. But the Jerome Stakes um, has only been on the dirt for a couple of years, uh, but it's at a mile on the dirt, one turn there at Aqueduct. Uh, three-year-olds in this race, 150K, it's a listed stakes. Uh, at one point, the this was a Zach of all things. This was a grade one race on the turf <laughs> and it was in April. <laughs> yep. So uh, we are now at Aqueduct instead of Belmont uh, running this one. It is now considered uh, a prep for the Kentucky Derby. You've got a big favorite in drum roll, please. Out of that Brad Cox barn, Javier Castellano coming back up from Miami uh, for the day will be aboard. This horse ran third last out 
in the Remsen, gets back to a mile where he broke his maiden. Uh, checking the weather uh, for New York would be a big key for this weekend because uh, over the muddy go, he was actually okay. Uh, he was. He was okay. And we're looking at a really reasonable chance of rain at Aqueduct on Saturday. Yep. And, uh, but it will be probably after this race is run because they're running it earlier in the card. It's probably going to rain around 2.33 o'clock, so they should have dry conditions but it's also going to be colder than bleep. It's going to freeze overnight in Queens. We'll probably have temperatures right around 30, 35 for race time. How will he react? Well, good news. He ran into cold and Revson. Um, up before it was just fine under Javier Castellano. Uh, gets a little bit of time off here, about a month between races. Horse really does seem ready. Uh, this is second off the layoff of Brad Cox. Goes to 29% that way. Horse we talked about last week on the show, Zach. Sweet Saudi J. Yes. Won the heft. Won the first race on the road to the Preakness. They are going to run. I checked with Dan Elman. They're going to run this horse on Saturday. That is the plan. So a seven-day <laughs> layoff. This horse is coming back. I don't want to hear about your prissy horses and their three-month layoffs. I don't want to hear about it. We're going uh, to the, back to the today. 1980s where we everybody are, runs a week later. Plum is like, what? Only two races in a week? Um, Sweet Sidey Jay is going to run. Uh, with Dylan Davis, uh, ran under Barbosa last time in the half. Won the half by six lengths. A reminder, this is just a furlong longer there at Aqueduct going one term. It's yep. three for eight uh, this month. So I don't I don't know what to do with Sweet Sidey J. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, uh, Trayman, uh, uh, trainer Ray uh, Gittner has done this uh, 13 times in the last year, and he's won uh, yeah. four of those races. So if anyone's going to turn a horse around this quickly, uh, it's going to be him. The other mate. Excuse me. The other major favorite here is El Grande O. Uh, the four horse here, uh, Kendrick Carmouche and Linda Rice. Linda Rice set the uh, record for uh, for trainer wins in New York last year in 2023, and that's another woman. So I've had a couple of women in New York uh, kicking ass this year. Uh, her and, of course, uh, Jenna Antonucci. Kendrick comes in on this horse, 9 to 5, 1 to 1, even money, by the way, on the one horse here. In drum roll, please. El Grande O coming in. Be the ninth start already, uh, lifetime for this horse. Uh, alongside Sweet Sidey Jay, they'll both have nine uh, starts in this one. Has run in all kinds of conditions. Ran in that champagne at a mile. Uh, didn't love the conditions. Uh, finished behind Timberlake, of course, and then ran in the Sleepy Hollow and won in muddy conditions, interestingly, uh, in a state-bred race uh, coming back. Interesting to see this horse step out of the state ranks and run against a horse at Drumroll Please. It's actually a Pennsylvania bred, uh, but a son of hard spun. I do think Drumroll Please gets it done here. Uh, but I do. I, I'm fascinated by some of the other runners in here, like Regalo's coming up for Brittany Russell, who, by the way, another female trainer, uh, yep. just uh, won the training title in Maryland this year. Um, two finishes, uh, two first place finishes, last two out, made special, then an optional claimer at Laurel Park. Uh, the first one going seven furlongs, then they tried it over two turns. A horse didn't seem to mind it at all. Saw the Maximus Mischief, obviously, in that into Mischief line um, as a Kentucky bred there, uh, and so. Interested to see if that horse likes the mile at Aqueduct, if it likes the surface. Um, time will tell. That, that's a tough one to predict uh, if horses will like those deeper surfaces on um, on Long Island. All right, so let's go out west uh, before we head back to Kentucky. The Great Two San Vicente. And so, Louie, how dare you call this a pretense? Uh, how dare you call this one? It is also a pretense. Louie, how I, dare you call this a dirty <laughs> prep? How dare you call this a Kentucky prep? Fair listener, let me tell you that. Since 2016, which horses have won this race and what have they gone on to do? Fantastic question, loyal listener. In 2016, Nyquist won this race. I don't need to tell you about Nyquist. 
in 2020, a horse named Nadal won this race. And it was right before the world fell apart. Okay. That horse came back and won the Rebel and won the Arkansas Derby. Zach, do you happen to remember on what date we ran the Arkansas Derby in 2020? Oh. We ran the Arkansas Derby on the first Saturday in May. Hey, Zach, what race is usually on the first Saturday in May? Um, the- I'm going to guess the Kentucky Derby. That's a good guess. Uh, this horse won the Rebel and the Arkansas Derby, the Arkansas Derby on the traditional Derby date uh, that year. So, uh, look, the horse never ran again after that Arkansas Derby. I'm not going to hold that against the San Vicente. <laughs> yep, so I'm exactly. going to say that was the Derby for 2020. That was a Derby prep. Concert Tour won this race in 2021. Also won the Rebel and then ended up running in the Preakness. So, to me, we do these Road to the Preakness shows, right, where we talk yep. about – the progression of distance, and they just ran that half stakes, which I just mentioned, at seven furlongs, right? So we're doing that here leading into the races next month at, at uh, Santa Anita when we get into those more uh, developed races, the longer races, getting ready that actually have attached um, derby points. And I'm gagging for the name of that race. I'm going to look it up real quick. But, you know, it is, it, it, to me, just because of the history and what horses have come out of it, Right. I think it is. I, I think it acts like a, a, a prep for a derby prep. It's a, it's a hockey assist, if you will. It's not the last pass. It's the second last <laughs> yeah. pass. And the so, second um, last yeah, Crossing no, the blue I, I, line. It's it's the, the pass before the pass. That's exactly right. Yep, exactly. Uh, and it's, of course, it's the Robert B. Lewis, excuse me. They'll run that uh, out at Santa Anita. And if memory serves, uh, that's at a mile and a 16th. But, you know, essentially – because it, my sense is because they give the points to the low sal derby or futurity, excuse me, they don't want to turn around and give it to the San Vicente as well. Um, exactly. I'm here to tell, I'm here to tell Churchill Downs do both. The, the 10 point races mean nothing anyway. All right. So uh, we'll get it as far as the final numbers. Um, interesting field of six here. And I say interesting because three of the horses are coming off the turf. And really what it shows me, Zach, is – and I need to remind myself whenever I look at these races in Santa Anita, the surface change, dirt to turf, it's, and vice versa, is much more common in California, especially in Southern California, yep. than it is almost anywhere in the country, right? And, and you know, the only other thing we see is like at a Golden Gate that has synthetic and turf, you'll see the horses go back and forth between those because we think of those as adjacent type uh, courses, right, where right. if the horse is good on the turf, they'll be comfortable on the synthetic vice versa. Not always true, but usually true. And so I, I always have to remind myself of that. But, for example, like Sliders in this race, who just ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint and at Santa Anita and finished ninth, but only by three lengths, right, under under Hector Berrios. They're giving them out to Johnny uh, – excuse me, to uh, Joel Rosario for John Sadler. Coming back to dirt, man, he hits at 24% going turf to dirt. So – is this the kind of horse that beats Baffert on Saturday? That's really where my brain is at right now. He's trying to figure yep. out what it is that it's going to take to beat either Muth or Pilot Commander uh, when we do get to Saturday. Now, the issue for these other horses, I think, is the following. <laughs> Muth showed in the British Cup Juvenile that he belongs, right? Fierceness just had the day of his life. That's right. He won the American Pharaoh before that. Before that, he ran in the best pal and was up the track a little bit behind Prince of Monaco. Prince of Monaco is not in this field. And if you went purely on speed figures, I think that you would land on Muth and not even have a question. If you go to the history of this race, you would also land on Bob Baffert. Man, I'm interested in pilot commander here, coming out of Del Mar, coming out of winning. Uh, I first asking over seven or six furlongs, excuse me. 
Um, this is sort of justified. We just watched in my balloting, for example, the top two fillies and two-year-olds were both justifies, right? And and so this horse actually breaks his maiden over dirt, does mm-hmm. buy a couple of blanks. Uh, Juan Hernandez was a board, so they're going to put Flavio Pratt in uh, the irons here. Horse has been working great at Santa Anita. Is totally ready for this. Not that Muth has it. Muth looks great, too. Don't worry about it. But, man, is there a chance the pilot commander <laughs> takes him off? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, then you got some other horses in here that I don't know what to do with. Voltage is in here, for example, coming out of the Zuma Beach. Yep. Up the track, ran in that uh, Del Bar, excuse me, uh, juvenile turf. That was back in September. That's at the grade three level, finishes third there under Ramon Vasquez. Ramon's obviously not in uh, Southern California right now. He's in Hot Springs, where you just were, uh, running yep. at Oaklawn. I, I just, I don't, if I'm looking around trying to find another winner that isn't there, it might be Slider. It might be the horse coming out of a five furlong sprint that is going to be the fastest out of the gate if that horse can get ahead of Muth. And do you and, and can they can they tire Muth out essentially? And and I just don't know. Right now, the issue is we're seeing good magics run like crazy too. So um, I'll be staying away from the San Vicente. Won't lie because my sense is if I do feel like there's a, an upset brewing here, that Muth is going to run away with it. <laughs> it so happens every time. Maybe yeah. Maybe by Saturday I'll talk myself into something else. I am fascinated by Pilot Commander. That's not a justify. If Lavia gets the right trip, I, that's the kind of horse that. You know, good break, all those things. Uh, you know, the Baffert horses coming off of a win are very, very good. Uh, interested yep. to see that one. But if I was going to go against Muth, in order, I would use the four pilot commander and the two uh, slider. Really fascinated by slider. And slider can get the seven furlongs uh, and not just be a five, five and a half, six type uh, turf sprinter there out west. By the way, I think uh, a cool thing about this race, a couple of things. So Baffert, of course, has won the most of these. He's won 11. Bill Shoemaker, the, jo- the jockey, won this race eight times. <laughs> Bill Shoemaker made – I love this this kind of stat. Bill Shoemaker was put into the Hall of Fame in the 50s, and he won the 1986 Kentucky Derby. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> what a badass. That kind of stuff is awesome. So, uh, yeah, Bill Shoemaker, just an absolute baller. There's great pictures of him in a tux with a bunch of Playboy models, like just how, <laughs> like horse racing back in the day, man. Just Of course just there abs- is. Of course, yes, just the absolute best. All right, so let's go back to Kentucky. And you're wondering, hey, Louie, why are you including the Turfway preview stakes, uh, which is just for three-year-olds as a Kentucky Derby prep? Very similar reasons as uh, we did out at Santa Anita. This will preview, literally, getting ready for the Pataglia. Now, the yep. road to the Kentucky Derby through Turfway Park, we used to laugh at. And then Rich Strike happened. But I think more importantly. Two years ago, man. Not, and I actually mean this. More importantly, as far as how we, we look, as we try to figure out, like, you know, we do the road to the Preakness. One of the running jokes on this show, if you want to know who's not going to win the Preakness, pick the Tessio winner, right? Like, it's just, you can Every do time. Yeah. Every time. Man, the Jeff Ruby stakes is, is not, it's not that anymore. Two Phils came out of this race last year and he yep. was. Every bit good enough to win the Kentucky Derby last year. Mage on fire. Yet, right? Finish a second in the Derby. That's legit, man. And we so we get a winner in Rich Strike, which you can call it what, what, whatever you want. I know it's it, it's fluky now. Looking back, it's fluky now. Two fills, though, showed coming off this surface, though, for the Kentucky Derby, at least. It is not a hindrance. And so Turfway Preview uh, leads into a race called the Pataglia Memorial. That used to be run as a sprint as well. But they have stretched that race out there at least, ah, man, ugh. Might be a mile and a 16th this year. I'll have to look that up. Um, but uh, they'll run the uh, Bataglia uh, in March. 
at, uh, at Turfway, and this is essentially the preview uh, for that. Uh, the Bataglia, do 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 my uh, runs at a mile and a 16th, like I thought. Okay, there you go. So uh, they stretch that race out to an appropriate distance, and then, of course, uh, they'll move it back a half a furlong uh, for the Jeff Ruby Stakes uh, at the end of that month. Uh, Vote No is in here, the one horse. He's going to be the favorite, and I think he's a deserved favorite. Finished second in the grade two bourbon uh, last out in October. So a bit of a layoff here, but Billy Mori does that as well uh, as anybody goes turf to synth at a terrible 42%. And so he's only hitting at five of his last 12. Like I said, Sweet Saudi J uh, is listed for this race uh, in the two hole here. He's actually going to run at Aqueduct if uh, my guy Dan Oman is correct. Joe Shiesty's in here, which is just a great name for anything. Um, that horse <laughs> broke its name last out. Uh, son of Air Force Blue of all things. Uh, homebred for Rodney Orr is now owned uh, by the Reynolds family. And I uh, assume to be the Foster family. And um, comes in at two to one for Alex Deschard, who is a grade one winning jock. Uh, rides enough at Turfway to know the place. Um, but last time out was aboard uh, this horse who won by 12 lengths in a maiden win. Uh, can the horse repeat that running 21, 44, 56, and 110? We shall find out. But that horse was running against very bad competition in that race. And I think getting that horse to run that kind of race again, when that one very clearly came out of nowhere, I'm just not sure. Uh, that might be one that I try to play against. Let's go Marcus on the outside here. And this horse is interesting because it was running in other company at Keeneland as a two-year-old. It ran eight times total. This is the first time, obviously, running as a three-year-old this early in the year. Eight times last year. did win three times, including its last race. Um, two back, or excuse me, three back, ran six and a half at Churchill in a 50 claimer, won it. Ran back in an allowance going two turns, didn't didn't like it, frankly, uh, behind uh, Mena and um, uh, Tizzy Indy, excuse me, in that race. I was out there for that day in November. And then uh, comes to the uh, to the, the synthetic surface at Turfway and seems to really like it. So let's go Mark on the outside, a son of American freedom. Might be an interesting play here for the gelding at five to one for Adam Biscitza. Was actually um, starting to round into form, got back over 10% for last year, 150 races. Interesting to see if that horse has what it takes. You want a long shot in here, Je uh, Zach? Huh? Want a long always, shot? always. Lose long shot. I got you, Joe Shiesty, right here. I um, Let's look at CPG. That's the six horse, Juan Machado. Yep. This is coming out of trying Oakland Park. Didn't like it before that. Ran and broke his maiden over firm go at Churchill Downs. Okay. What's that? Firm go at Churchill Downs. Yeah, that was in September when they still had a turf course. How about that? Okay, no speed rating for that day. They weren't. Uh, there was there was an issue with uh, with all those, but did run the five furlongs in fifty eight and change. <laughs> that, that that's, that's fast. That's that's fast. That's pretty good. That's, goes down I'll to take that. Goes down to <laughs> Oakland. Essentially stretches his legs because does is a yep. Ron catch rating. Did not like it. Comes back. Luan Machado, by the way, won the uh, the riding title at Turfway in the fall. I'm going to roll with CP, uh, CPG in this race, the six-horse, 12-1 to Luis Longshot in this race. We'll see if he can get some of that speed back that he had at Churchill Downs and translate it to the Turfway preview on uh, the synthetic. Whew. Well, how about that, Zach? We, did, we got through it. I love that. <laughs> we did. So that's 39 minutes of me talking, and uh, I don't even – how did I open this show? What was the terrible, stupid thing that I said? Uh, oh, I'm at Racing Louie on Twitter. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm at Racing yes. Louie. I do more radio <laughs> than I do racing, so, yeah. Not do you, though, Louie? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you well, go. Uh, you can always check me out what? if you – 
seven Mikeless episodes now. Eight. I, I, I love you, Mike. On Wednesday. So I talked to Mike uh, yesterday. No, today, yep. today. And he said he listened to my interview with Steve Kornacki. Do we believe him? I believe. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say yes will because I to it. used it. I used it. I think he used it to verify or go against some of his own clips votes. Yes. I think that's what he did. I will say that I was in Kentucky and Mike, <laughs> Mike refused to come see me. <laughs> and he He's was putting that down for the record. And he, he was in Austin and refused to go see me. Yes. So <laughs> my love for Mike is waning at this point. We'll see if it heavy, comes back. A heavy weight here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Louis. Right. Well, let's pay the tab. We'll get out of here. Uh, I'm back at it tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock uh, here on ESPN Louisville. I'm on uh, two hours a day, Monday through Friday, uh, Eastern time here with our affiliate here. You can just ask your smart speaker uh, to play ESPN 680, and you will get me every weekday, uh, Monday through Friday. Obviously, lots of local talk, but we do horses uh, pretty darn often. Yep. We will do that. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm also, check out our other podcast. Uh, yeah, I do have another one. It's called 40 Minutes of Pod uh, in honor of Nolan Richardson. It's obviously about college basketball that releases every Tuesday. Uh, and then you can check this one out uh, every Thursday. I'm glad we started that college basketball one because I wasn't doing enough media. So this is uh, it's a really nice outlet uh, to do <laughs> extra show. It's really Great. My wife loves it, all those things. So, yeah, it's good. All right. Well, uh, I am Louis Rebeau. He's producer Zach. We're going to get out of here. We're going to pay the tab, as Mike would say. Uh, this has been a Thursday Eclipse Votes edition and fake derby prep edition of the Horse Racing Happy.